1: Well hello, raw feeders. I'm Didi Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends like my friend Neely Piazza. Well, we don't let friends feed Kim. Well now, do we, Miss P? No, ma'am. <laughs> Miss Piazza. Miss Pizza. Pizza with an attitude. I like it <laughs> a lot. <sighs> hey Neils. Uh so we we're we, we get these questions sometimes that are hard to explain like how do you compare the protein in a wet food versus a dry food and uh you know it's it they're not the same folks so if you're seeing protein on the back of a bag um i i you sent me this thing from dr connor brady Uh, Neal's that he had posted on his Facebook page. And, uh, he said, you know, pet foods sold in the veterinary clinics are notorious for adding completely undigestible waste ingredients from the human food processing industry, such as beet pulp, corn gluten pulp, uh, soybean hull. And he said, those are, those are in there. Why? To boost the protein content on the label in the cheapest way possible, even though their veterinary uh the veterinary prescription diets he says even though these dogs can't digest this crap in there
0: yeah it's a it's a total it's a total racket, so you have um hydrolyzed proteins and then you have low quality proteins you have um protein that's not bioavailable, not usable, certainly not um uh optimal. And you know, the the um actual numbers are not comparable either because um you have to kibble is, is listed on a dry matter basis and raw is listed as fed basis, you know with the moisture in it and so some people will say that um you know raw is um like the shorthand is the 80 10 10 thing and they'll say 80 percent protein 10 percent bone 10 percent organ and people take that to mean that it's like 80 percent protein well it's usually 70 to 75 percent moisture so it's not realistically 80% protein, that shorthand means that um, 80% 80 of what's in the bowl is like um, muscle meat, more or less, is kind of what that shorthand means. And so if you're going to compare one to the other as far as amount, like just number amounts, you have to convert everything to either an as-fed basis or a dry matter basis. And then you have to take into account the um bioavailability, which is what you were just saying, you know, so raw food is all, well ours anyway, is all real meat real food real- real stuff there's no added in none of none of that other stuff added in, whereas the kibble and even even canned food has got all kinds of um, industrialized bits and pieces and, um, isolates and like, like, uh, you'll see protein isolate, pea protein, um, tapioca. What are some other ones that he listed? I can't remember. I haven't looked at a label in a while to remember what all they're listed as, but a lot of times they're just isolates. And we've talked about that before, it, you know, nutrients don't work in isolation so right. so why is it they can isolate nutrients but they can't isolate viruses oh wait that's another story um <laughs>
1: uh,
0: we're, we're gonna shut about you protein. down
1: we're gonna shut you down put a mask <laughs> back on your face okay
0: i never wore one
1: i know uh so <laughs> that
0: was the hill i proclaimed to die on <laughs> right
1: right uh so he does sell he, he says listen remember the next time uh you're looking at a puppy dry food with 22% protein in it. He said the legal minimum you're allowed to include in a kibble and call it complete, which is not the optimum. Okay. Because Mm -hmm. that's what's in raw dog food. It's optimum. He says studies show a chunk of that protein is unavailable to the pup. Uh, And he said, and now your pup is trying to grow a frame on a protein deficient diet. Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, here, here. I agree with that.
1: So, yeah. And then on top of that, he said, you need to figure out how to work out the carb content because that's a whole nother thing. So not only do we have, um, crap protein that is not bioavailable to your dog. Now we've got a high sugar. Okay. We've got high sugar. So basically what you guys are going to add up is going to be the protein the fat the water and the ash no yeah the moisture and the ash
0: okay and what's left is uh carbs right and so because they can, they conveniently don't list those because they don't want you to know that right
1: and he goes um, what, he said this is belly busting cancer and pancreatitis aggravating uh, this type of food that's what he calls it belly busting yep. cancer and pancreatitis aggravating cheap carbohydrate filler right he said when when you've got a cheap product that's 53 percent sugar mixed with stewed up cow's toenails uh it's difficult to absorb <laughs> mineral supplements.
0: made by a candy company <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Well, he's he's right. I mean, he's, he's right on the money with all that. Yeah, he's right. And we've been saying that for how long? Come on now. I I know. I know. We've been saying that for
1: years. I don't know. I think it's because we need to write a book. Yeah, I guess we, I get. I guess we should. So here, here's a, a simple analysis guys that he put in this. It was on his Facebook. He said the protein content of canned food versus a dry food okay so a canned food obviously is still going to have preservatives and everything but it is a wet food um so he said in the guaranteed analysis and we're just going to talk about protein on the canned food that is high in moisture the protein lists as 10 percent on the on the dry food they list it as 23 percent But he said, when you actually compare apples to apples and remove the water, you've got 40% protein in the canned and 26% uh, protein in the dry. And again, that dry is jacked up with all the gut-busting stuff he was talking about. But most of the
0: canned is too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this analysis... Your canned food or your raw is going to have far more protein. Um, raw is going to have the right kind of protein versus the guaranteed analysis that they have on the dry bags. The stamp of AASCO, um, they're the it, it, it's sort of like the the you know the the wolf guarding the henhouse because. They're the ones that are getting to decide what you see on the outside of the bag and how difficult they make it for you to figure out so that they can sell you, as Dr. Brady says, that cheap, uh, gut busting, cancer, pancreatitis aggravating food.
0: I know we've pointed this out before, but sometimes it goes unnoticed. AFCO is not a government agency, it's, an, ind- it's an independent regulatory agency. That literally is the wolf guarding the hen house because it's uh put together by industry. It's industry regulating itself. So um y'all need to realize that that's part of the reason why I'm constantly saying if it says AFCO approved or meets AFCO requirements, run yelling and screaming the other direction. Because it's industry regulating itself and that never ends well. Right. So y'all need to Get that in your brain that AFCO is not a legitimate meter for any kind of quality control or any kind of legitimate requirements, nutritional requirements or anything like that. It's
1: so strange the way that they formulate committees in order to protect a committee and make it look like this committee is actually regulating that committee.
0: I know, right? It's yeah, all convoluted. But they're not even they're they're not a, a government agency at all. Not that that would make it any better. That might even make it worse. I I don't know. But um, that's just something to to realize that they do not a hundred percent do not have you or your dog's best interest at heart by any stretch. They're all about the um all about the bottom line. It was hydrolyzed protein is air and cardboard. You know, it was like
1: corn, soybean oil, canola oil, and chicken liver was basically all that was in there. And we were, I was like, how How does that work? How in the world can a dog survive on that, Neely? There, there can't be any, and then, and then you're putting in the other toxins. How yeah. do, and, and people want to know why their dog acts like they're starving all the time. I would be starving, too, if I ate corn, soybean oil, and chicken liver.
0: Well, soybean oil is toxic in, in any way, shape, or form to any animal. Um, seed oils, in general, are not a good idea. Well... It's more than that they're a horrible idea. Um <laughs> right. Uh and you know particularly partic- particularly for for dogs. I mean they I just any kind of any kind of plant-based oil for dogs is I I'm not a fan of. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, but those mm-mm, are mm-mm. but seed oils are even dangerous. People still think that canola is quote unquote, heart healthy and, and, uh, unacceptable cooking oil and a, a good oil to use and all that kind of stuff. Well, it, it, there's no such thing as non GMO or organic canola oil, regardless of what the label says, because a canola is rapeseed, which should tell you one thing. I mean, it's called rapeseed for goodness sake. How is that good? How can that possibly be good and th- it's all been converted into quote unquote canola canola is one of the one of the absolute worst oils you can use for anything. I won't buy anything that has canola oil in it so so that would be a great question if if you
1: just asked that one question of your vet when they are saying your dog is you know, allergic to everything. So we're going to put them on hydrolyzed protein. Well, first, you just need to not do that and get on a raw diet. But if you insist on going down the hydrolyzed protein, ask them, what will the seed oils, the canola oil and the corn do to my dog's already uh, problem skin and gut? That's what I would ask them, and that would be an extremely fun answer for me to hear. Yeah, well,
0: you know, they're gonna. Most of them are gonna gonna say, "Oh, well, this is backed by research. It's good. It's fine."
1: Well, you can you can back by research all you want, but how about we back by the response of the animal?
0: Hundred percent agree. But I'm just saying that's the answer you're gonna get.
1: OK, if you get that answer, um, then I would say of how many dogs have you put on this diet and how is their skin and their gut today? And they can say anything I, they want.
0: If they if they tell you to get on to, to put them on that diet, just walk out.
1: There you go. That's I probably mean, a better.
0: Just, I mean, don't argue with them. You're not going to change their mind. Just say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't agree with fake food and walk out. I mean, if it's somebody you feel like you can plant your seed with to make them um, like question something or somebody you can actually have a discussion with, that's one thing. But a good portion of the time, that's not the case. Just just walk out. Mm-hmm. They work for you, not the other way around.
1: Um, you know, I I'm over on Truth Social. Uh, Raw Dog Food and Company is over on Truth Social, and they've got uh, Dogs of Truth. And they post all these great pictures of these dogs. But I'm looking at this one dog, Niels. He's eaten ice cream from McDonald's. Oh, God.
0: I don't I would be willing to bet that that's not even real ice cream, which makes it even that much worse. Well, come on, Neely. It's McDonald's. It's all real.
1: That's good food. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want a um if you want a cancer causing, what does he call it? Pancreatitis aggravating food. <laughs> I like how he said that. Uh, oh, just go- I know. He
0: he's he's like me. He doesn't hold back. Just go ahead and
1: and uh put that puppuccino or that that uh ice cream right there. So I heard someone the other day, Niels, they said that um uh, their husband was giving their dog half and half at night. And uh, they don't know why he's kind of fat and got the runs.
0: Half and half dairy? Like half, like creamer? Yes. Half and half? Yes. Oh, well, that's probably not a good idea. Why are you doing that? <laughs> I don't
1: know. I don't know.
0: I don't know.
1: I'm always befuddled and be baffled at at the all of the things that go into dogs' bodies that are inappropriate. I'm like, why? Yeah. And and here's and here's what I think it is. I think it makes us feel better. Doesn't not us, but people. It makes people feel better to give their dog something that they feel like is a yummy treat.
0: Well, maybe you should give them something healthy that they think is a yummy treat. That's pretty easy. Right. Right. There's so many real food things. Now,
1: people may say, "Well, half and half's real food." Well, not really.
0: Not uh, really. <laughs> look on the look on the back of it. I get, well, it's definitely going to be pasteurized and homogenized. That's the first problem. And then a lot of it, depending on what brand it is, is going to have uh, gums and thickeners and emulsifiers in it. So you want to look at that. I mean, there's some that don't, but a good portion of them do. So yeah. look at that. If it doesn't just say heavy cream and whole milk, on your
1: consults that you do uh, obviously you're looking at everything that's going into the dog's body do you find that people um are are really confused on what is good and what is not good to put in their dog's body
0: some some are just like some of the people you talk to a lot of times people don't think to tell you certain things because it just doesn't You know, it doesn't come to mind or they don't remember or they don't think that it could possibly be an issue or something like that, you know. But basically, any more than one ingredient treat is automatically suspect.
1: But but you and I are very different on our recommendations on veg, veggies. Are we? I think, maybe. I don't do a lot of veggies. You do more veggies than I think. I do, at least for my dogs. My dogs really Asa doesn't eat any veggies. I mean, yes, yeah, she'll eat the HVMs, right? So seven percent fruits and veggies that we have. But to put a any kale in her bowl, to put any broccoli in her bowl, she's like, I'm not having it. Now Lousie, she didn't really care.
0: People that are just like adamantly anti veg, just like to the core, anti you know say that they're that veg is toxic and all that kind of stuff um and then there's the other the other side that thinks you should feed 50 to 70 percent veg or something like that so that's i know i'm just saying um so my whole take on it is the veg is more for the bugs than for the dog but the bugs the bugs produce things that are helpful, you know, they produce some vitamins and, um, some factors and all that, that are, are very beneficial and even necessary for the dog itself. Cause you know, the dog's not really gonna, I mean, they'll get, if you, you know, if you pulverize it and all that, they're, they're going to get some nutritional value, but it's mostly for the bugs. And there are some dogs that just don't like veg and that's fine. Um, and mine just get the you know my vegetable scraps i i don't even really and you know they just like it so that's just what's kind of like a bonding in the kitchen activity but you know i feel like there should be there needs to be some sort of something in there so if people are and one way to sneak it in is with tripe i used to prep veg and include it in everything consistently and I'm a little more sporadic now but they always get tripe and they always get my vegetable scraps. I don't know. I I usually say ten ten percent fifteen max but average out to around ten percent total
1: veg. So one of the people that would say veggies don't want to be eaten Veggies have a natural um, defense mechanism, right, to keep predators from eating them, which is toxic, is Dr. Paul Saladino. He's, He's the carnivore MD, right? I had him on the podcast a couple of years ago. But, you know, he absolutely eats zero veg. So here's what he eats. He eats in a day. This is roughly what he eats. And he says that he is cured like eczema. He's cured all of his, you know, illnesses. Now he's out in Costa Rica. He hunts with the Hazda Indians and all that kind of jazz, the tribes. So he's really getting um, clean food. But here's what he eats. Two pounds of meat a day, um, which is about 200 grams of protein in a day. Um, He adds beef suet. So that's fat, right? Egg yolks, salmon rose, raw honey, and organs, kidney, liver, heart, spleen, pancreas, testicles, and bone marrow. That's what he eats. He's not a dog. Wasn't comparing him to a dog. I was just saying here's this human being right because if you look at veg right it's it seems like it's all about human beings and some of the things that we do with dogs right we are like hey i eat um puppuccinos so i'm gonna get i eat whipped cream from uh, starbucks so let me give it to you hey i eat a i eat this uh half and half let me give it to you so that's all i was saying
0: i don't so i don't think that either extreme you know strictly 100% carnivore or strictly 100% vegan i don't think either extreme is right for in every situation for every person the in in general terms when you do when you commit to something like that like carnivore or veganism vegetarianism whatever if you or even even paleo or um any any of that the biggest thing you have to realize it um is none of those include crap food, simple carbohydrates, all that kind of stuff. None of those none of those uh, disciplines include that. So if you take out all of the toxic food that you're eating, any of those disciplines are going to benefit you for for a certain amount of time. Each body is different, each dog is different, each human is different, each organism is different. They have different histories, they have different different propensities, they have um, uh, different previous damage, they're just different. So there's different, um, different pieces on the continuum that are going to work differently for each one. So, you know, dog doesn't like veg, won't eat it fine, feed it right, but you have to keep the biome, you have to, you have to nourish the biome, right? Appropriate veg is the easiest way to do that. There's definitely inappropriate veg, you know, potatoes, um, starchy stuff, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's inappropriate. I'm talking about um, just, just stuff that's going to feed, feed the bugs in the gut and all that. On a personal note, I used to eat nothing but meat and I I can't do that anymore. You know, I I've, I've done both extremes. Well, when you're
1: cranky, I think you do need a big, uh, rare bloody steak.
0: (laughs) Well, now we've talked (laughs) about this. I do that on occasion and let me tell you, they are more than bloody. They're usually like straight up cold and raw. Yeah.
1: Um, Dr. Paul Soledino does have a, um, tier uh, uh, tier one uh, carnivore-ish diet he calls it in this one he said some least toxic plant foods are allowed and examples of these are non-sweet fruits such as squash avocados cucumber without the skin and seeds olives and seasonal berries but then he's also like don't drink tea coffee or alcohol and i'm like well no can do bubble loop
0: yeah i i I ain't giving up coffee that's i don't smoke i don't drink i don't do i don't do do anything you do cuss not nearly as much as i used to (laughs) especially
1: not on the air yeah
0: yeah, i'm pretty good on the air (laughs) I have to I have to
1: edit I have to edit Dr. Andy's because she cusses, but nobody ever hears her because I edit it out. I'm always like, I gotta cut that word out, cut that word I out. <laughs> t-
0: I try to keep it under wraps when, when when we're recording, but I just overall, I don't cuss nearly as much as I, I used to. I tried That's to. good. That's good, dadgummit. Um yeah. so
1: you don't do the beyond beef though. You don't do Oh the- heck no. <laughs> you almost made me do it.
0: <laughs> he was cussed. I was I he, he almost gonna... let, let one fly no uh, that stuff no and, uh, no fake food i <laughs> no fake food of any kind period
1: right that is just oh yeah that's crazy 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 yeah and you know you might come back at some time oh the other thing he does is raw goat's milk raw goat's milk he does do that um, I can
0: do goat cheese, but man, goat's milk just—I'm going to be blunt—it tastes like ass. I can't Ooh, do it. You cussed. And that's not a cuss word. <laughs> <laughs> that's descriptive. That's that's the only way to describe it. I can't do goat's milk. I goat, so I like I, goat cheese.
1: Yeah, I like goat cheese. Um, so you know, our daughter had milk cows, and they were milking the cows. And drinking the milk, and my husband loved it, and I was like, "That dad, that dad, that's like ass. No, I don't like it. I just, I don't like it. It's it was it was just kind of weird to me." But they did butter, and they did
0: cream, and you know, they liked it. raw raw goat milk. All right, uh, I'm sorry, raw cow's milk. Um, is I can do I can do that, and part of the reason I I used to when I was growing up I loved milk. And part of the reason I can't do it is because I, I know what they do to it and what's actually in it. But if you know somebody that has a cow and you get it fresh from the cow, like I have a friend that lives in Wyoming that that does that. And every once in a while I'll get some from her. And it's good. If you're going to drink milk, drink raw, real raw milk. Well, it's,
1: it's against the law. Well... To find it or to sell it, I guess in the store why why did they do that Niels I mean they They're wanna...
0: trying to kill us
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, but I'm saying what what was the what was the hoopla around well,
0: that? Well, I think there's a whole bunch of factors, but the the biggest one that sticks out in my mind is um you know they started doing dairies and um um centralizing all that and getting away from like um small small family owned and kind of got more into big things they were feeding cows brewery waste so that's why you'll have a huge brewery right outside of the stockyards kind of you know it's like that in chicago it's like that in fort worth too i think which are the two biggest stockyards that i know of and so they were feeding they were feeding cows the the spent grains from the breweries. And so they were producing nasty milk and it was like, if I remember right, it was like the milk was like, the cows were sickly and the milk was like blue and they were feeding it to babies and babies were getting sick and dying. So of course they blame it on um, on the bacteria. So then it just turned into being you know you have to pasteurize it and homogenize it because you're mixing all these all, all these milk from all these different cows together which that in itself to me is disgusting it's mostly because they don't want us to have access to real food and that's just gradually um progressed over the last century and a half there's carrageenan in so much of the pasteurized
1: milk right even in your uh oat milks and all that different kind of stuff you can look at the yeah. carrageenan and stuff and that i just don't i don't, I
0: don't they put it. that in that that's one of the things i was talking about about the half and half thing too and some brands it's in um it's in half and half and in the heavy cream and there's all kinds of gums and and carrageenan and all those things in there i i try to warn people off of dairy unless they have a cow and milk it themselves, or can get raw milk one way or another all right, and organic so- milk is the same problem as organic organic meat it just means they were fed organic grains, so that doesn't help
1: but anyway, so I was gonna ask you if you're going to suggest veg what
0: what do you suggest so uh dark leafy greens um. Collards and kale and spinach and broccoli and cabbage and asparagus and um cucumbers some squashes um berries for sure things like that
1: okay well that's a lot that's a lot so you can do variety there but don't forget you got to do variety in your proteins guys you got to do variety i i um we had someone the other day neils and, and they mostly feed turkey turkey pmr and and he was saying that the
0: dogs vomit
1: on uh tripe
0: that's pretty unusual it Usually is when something, something like that there's something else there's some other something going on but you have to you have to rotate proteins you need a you need a poultry you need a ruminant um you need fish if you can possibly do it. Some dogs don't like fish either, so some dogs you have to do something different for that component. But you can't just stick to one. Well, I won't say you can't. So never say never. But in general, it's not it's not good because each protein has a different amino acid profile. It has a meat, a different fatty acid profile. It has, um, you know, it's just it's different. So. That's the way you fill in your your gaps is with variety of proteins, variety of organs, and a small amount of. I think I think a small amount of veg is appropriate. You know, I I would never do more than ten percent. I do know that some
1: people think that, um. That their dog's allergic to everything, but
0: not possible. People, not a thing. True allergies are incredibly, incredibly rare, if non-existent. And if you think your dog is allergic to everything, it's because he's toxic and we need to clean everything out and start over. It doesn't have anything to do with, oh, and if you did an allergy test, they're they're like 99% inaccurate. So, I mean, it's a waste of money. Just don't Mm -hmm. even, it's not anything to go by. All
1: right. Well, that's, that's what we have for you today. You can work with Neely Piazza. If you have a dog that appears to have allergies, that it appears that it is allergic to everything. Let's not put our dog on a hydrolyzed protein diet. Okay. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Um, Let's go this direction first let's put them on a pure raw diet take all of the crap out of it you can work with neely she can help you uh detox your dog she can help you with the itchies um, while we're getting this dog straightened out Um, you want to work with neely piazza all you have to do it's super simple you go to the learning center uh, there's also places on the website where it says book the nutritionist that is Neely. Um, you just click on that uh, or go to the health consult. She's the very first one there. Uh, click on that. She's going to get right back with you. And then you guys are going to work out of time and payment and all that kind of jazz. And you are off to the races and Neely, you, you have people coming back to you over and over and over again. Um,
0: yeah. I've been on a run of repeats lately. It's been great. So people have- you know, gotten started and have moved along in their journey and are ready to, um, you know, problems are going away and so they're ready to revamp everything, you know, so mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's it's an awesome, awesome service. Um, well worth your time, well worth your dog's health to get in touch with Neely Piazza. Get your dog on a species-appropriate diet, guys. That is your first step. Okay, we got to get as Dr. Connor Brady would say the cancer-causing gut. What did he say? Pancreatitis. <laughs> yeah. Causing-
0: pancreatitis causing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: food out of their body get over to raw dog food and company.com where your pet's health is our business and what my friend neely piazza friends don't let friends feed kibble that's right we'll see you Ever. guys soon all <laughs> right bye everybody <laughs> bye oh snaps